Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow second class citizens, but still American patriots to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is Daniel Horowitz in the house today to discuss why you guys are second class citizens, even though you guys are the children and grandchildren of our founders. Whether your great, 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 great grandparents were on the Mayflower or not, you guys believe in the ideals of Sam Adams and Patrick Henry. So we are, we are all, in that sense, descendants of our founders. But there are few of us, at least in the political sphere, too few, that are willing to speak the truth. That's why I, I need you guys to sign up at our Facebook page, Herwood Citizen Sanctuary, as well as our private page, Miniman Speakeasy. I need your help. Because part of the problem with this job is that the media sets so many fires, I can't put them out quickly enough, and there aren't enough firefighters. Um, you know, whether it's lies about police and lies about crime and lies about COVID, and you guys know it's a lie, but, you know, we got to do the work because they have the perfect magic trick of obfuscation, focusing in a vacuum on one thing without any context. And really, if you saw the full picture, you would see the exact opposite of what they're proving. And nowhere is this more evident than with this new panic porn over, oh, there's a spike in all these states. There's a bunch of states with a spike in cases and even some hospitalizations. And therefore, it means that the lockdowns worked and the states that eased the lockdowns, oh boy, boy, they're going to be in big trouble here. So that's the latest of what's going on, and we're still sifting through this, but you will be shocked to find out how it shows the opposite and how it's often their policy is causing some of it. Most of it's an accounting gimmick. But I first want to start off, before we go through all the different factors and data, I want to start off with just two observations right off the bat. Number one, number one, notice that we have had massive riots, jam-packed people, mass gatherings in the streets in all states, but particularly in, in blue states that had strict lockdowns. And guess what? It's already been 17 days since the Minneapolis one started, 14, 15 days since others. This is exactly when you would see the surge. Okay, if, if their science is right, you wouldn't see it three days later, but also you wouldn't see it randomly 30, 40 days later, which is really when the red states opened up a long time ago, right? So now is when you would see it. There's no surge. Indeed, in Minnesota, hospitalizations are down 25% over that period of time. There's nothing going on. So the point is, right off the bat, before we explain what is and isn't going on, if your view is that, you know, their hocus pocus is what's mitigating it, 
and not doing it causes a spike. Well, here's the issue. Here's the problem. Even in the most open red states, I mean, heck, even the ones that didn't lock down to begin with, none of them, none of them sanctioned large gatherings. Okay, all of them still have that in place that you can't have a large gathering. These places have gatherings of, I mean, thousands, jam-packed. If you see some of the streets, D.C., Philly, uh, Minneapolis, L.A., everywhere. So if their science is right, that somehow uh, easing of just some of the restrictions on small businesses and whatever would cause a spike, then by a factor of 100, the riots would have caused a spike, both because of the severity of them in terms of just packing people together and also the duration, because this is exactly when you'd see it, whereas the other states, this, this has been happening for a while. And again, as you're going to see, the answer is there's no correlation. Most states that had less actually did better, but it's not perfectly inverse. It's not like lockdown makes it worse. Lockdown kills people from other things is worse on net. But it's not, I mean, you could have, you have some states that, you know, like California did a severe lockdown and did better, had a, had a good result. It's not the active ingredient as all the European countries are now discovering and they're talking about it openly. You know, I was struck yesterday by the fact I, I watched a 20 minute interview with this British broadcaster. There's a good show um, called Lockdown TV and very, very engaging conversations. He had Oxford professors on really very in depth. Good, good work that that he does. I forget his name. Um, you could look Google it Lockdown TV. And he had on the health chief in Norway. And what I was struck by that conversation was just the sheer humility. She was just very modest in what she said. Because what's interesting is Norway had a lockdown, had a very good result. And next door in Sweden, you know, while we always say certainly it was much better than France and UK and Belgium and, you know, Italy and Spain. um, But, you know, it was a worse result than Norway. And she could have easily said when she was asked about it, ha, 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 look at them. They did something stupid. We did lockdown. We did better. And she was like, you know what? There's a lot of factors that go into that. A lot of it's sheer luck. Um, and she pointed out that even though they officially had it on the books, but the guidance that Sweden issued was pretty similar. It's just one was more put on the books. She was like, we didn't really enforce it that much. You know, like Italy and Spain really enforce it. You know, maybe a couple enforcement actions. And actually, if you look at the mobile data, the um, data that dem- that shows how much people traveled and moved around, it's it's not that much different between the two countries. It's obviously a little bit more activity in Sweden, but not that much more. Not like, you know, when you go and compare to the other Western European countries south and um, south of, of the Nordic countries. So... You know, she was very modest about it. And she said, look, it was a mistake to close the schools. I never recommended that. We were, were never doing lockdown again. Um, it's not that there can't be a spike in a second wave. We don't know that yet. There's a lot we don't know. But what seems to be very clear is what we do know is that human mitigation efforts are not really the secret sauce. It has more to, what to do with how much was let into your country. Maybe if we have time, we'll talk about that. 
It has more to do with um, the genetics, certain other magic dark matter that we still just don't understand, certain anomalies, why certain areas have more asymptomatic and not, and how it spreads and what triggers a spreading of, of symptomatic cases, at least, because most, most of it's asymptomatic. But what's very clear is that we have reams of data, reams of data from states and countries that there is simply no correlation. It's not that every country that, or, or state that doesn't do a severe lockdown is necessarily going to have a positive outcome. A couple might have a spike here and there, but it has nothing to do with your input. That's what's clear. If you Google Yinon Weiss, Y-I-N-O-N Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, at Real Clear Policy, he, he has a tremendously scholarly article on this up. It is it is really a piece of work. Wow, um, going through this. If you wanna if you wanna really get the scoop on that, but anyway that that's the that's the story. The proof's in the pudding. It's a joke. The lockdowns proved it to be a joke. I'm not saying that the lockdowns are going to cause it. My my posi- my position is that they won't. It has nothing to do with that. It's that it's their gross hypocrisy. And then one other thing before we delve into the data, one other observations I just want to mention is that included in the states that they're targeting, the big ones are Texas and Arizona, although they're also looking at North Carolina, now Alabama. But the other one that they're talking about is California. So, I mean, you can't put California and Texas into the same pile. California had a very long and severe lockdown. And still, it's not like they talk about easing it, but it's still extremely severe there. I mean, they're talking about, even for September, um, child abuse for school children, making them wear masks and basically putting them in bubbles. It's insane. So this notion that somehow all oh, the states that you see they're having a spike because they didn't have the, they, they eased the lockdown. Yeah, but the biggest one they're talking about, or one of the biggest ones, is California. So, again, on the surface, what I'm saying is even if there was a legitimate spike, you cannot say it's due to what they are insinuating it's due to. Now, let's talk about this spike. Here's the deal. When you look at the amalgamation of factors, depending on the state, 60 to 95% of this is an accounting gimmick and actually proves the exact opposite of what they're saying, as always. And to the extent that there's a little bit of truth to it, it's in border, notice, southwest border states, but not just the states, but the counties that border Mexico. And it's all due to Mexico. And now we are now getting blamed for Mexico. We are now counting Mexico's cases. Because remember, Mexico is later. Started in Asia, Europe, then America. Latin America seems to be kind of the last so they're still more in a peak territory. So there's asymmetry between us and them now. So, so if you get backwash from Mexico, it's going to really distort your numbers. So you can't compare the rest of the country to southwestern counties because what they're getting primarily, the ones that legitimately are coming in with like sick COVID cases that really um, uh, wind up with ICU uh, admissions, they're all coming from Mexico. And it's not a spike now. This has been happening throughout May. It's actually not really happening so much literally now. It's more the end of May. So the numbers you see, like especially if someone gets in the ICU or they get a really sick case even out of the ICU, they'll be there in the hospital for one to three, even four weeks sometimes if it's really bad. 
So it's a cumulative thing. Let's unpack this. So Arizona has this insane spike, not just in cases, Daniel, but it's in hospitalizations. I got you. I got you, Daniel. It's, it's getting bad. There's a second wave. You go to the dashboard of Arizona, and you literally see the exact opposite. I'm not kidding you, folks. You see the exact opposite. You go into the COVID dashboard. So, so just Google it, Arizona COVID dashboard. Okay, if you want to follow along as I'm talking here. And then you'll see they have very good data, actually. They have a bunch of different um, icons to click on. And one is hospitalization. So you click on hospitalization. And you will see literally the last week in particular that they're saying is a spike is a plummeting like nothing. So in other words, you know, as as late as, um, heck, even into June, as late as June 2nd, as late as June 2nd, you had 46 new daily admissions. Now, this is the key. These are numbers of COVID cases that are hospitalized by date of hospitalization. So it's up to date. It's not cumulative, okay? So this is really how you see the leading edge of a trend, right? As late as, late as June 2nd, I mean, we had 46 cases, which was a lot. I mean, that was pretty much not much lower than the peak we had in April there. Late April, you know, and and everyone agrees that it came to Arizona later. You know, New York, if the peak was late March, early April, there it was late April, even into early May. But it kind of stagnated. I mean, the numbers really, there was no surge. It it, it stagnated pretty high into early June. Into early June, just 10 days ago, less than two weeks ago. So, um... That's what it was. Then it goes down. Then it starts going down. June 3rd, 36. June 4th and 5th are in the 20s. New, these are new admissions. Then you go to June 6th, 12, just 12 new admissions. Then the next day, 13, 12. And then June 9th, this is literally as they're starting to report on this, 6 and June 10th is 1. 1. So the last day we have data on, this is Wednesday. Really when the panic porn, there was one new COVID admission in the entire state. So the entire thing is a bald-faced lie with Arizona. Okay, bald-faced lie. Well, Daniel, what are these charts that I'm seeing? What's going on here? So if you go back... Into the icon, again, there's 12 icons there in the dashboard. Go all the way into the bottom right that says hospital COVID-19 specific metrics. Okay, it's like a separate thing. You know, it should really be all together. And there you see the surge. There you see like, you know, it was hovering like, and these are the cumulative numbers, 900, whatever. So in late May, and then the last, you know, the last week in June so far it's like in the 1200s. So big, like, you know, almost a third increase. There's your chart. Well, how do you square the two? How do you have, well, so right off the bat, it's cumulative, right? It's not new admissions, it's cumulative. Okay, but Daniel, but if we've been going for the last week with almost no new admissions, how do you have, like, I understand how new admissions could be out of sync with cumulative, but how could it almost be inverse? Where, are the, where is it coming from? So again, remember, 
nobody disagrees that Arizona had its peak in brilliant, really you know, into May, as opposed to other states. It was later. It came to it later, much less severely than New York or any of these other states, but it did come later. So, you know, even if the last week or so it's gone down, the cumulative is you is still going to be at a pretty record baseline, right? That's that's what you see. That's what you see. So that that's not even befuddling right away. So again, the lead indication. What are the, their whole point is, Daniel? I don't want to hear about generally what's happened in Arizona. I'm talking about, I'm looking ahead of the curve. There's a real spike going on. Actually, the spike occurred already, and now it's plummeted. It's, it's literally the opposite of what they're saying. But it's more than that. It's more insidious than that. We are, easing of the lockdown is actually getting blamed with the vices of the lockdown itself. Folks, there are two, really three other factors that are converging to create this perfect illusion. Three factors, and they're all related. Number one, right now, the last few weeks, is when we have a surge of hospitalizations everywhere, but particularly in these states. Not COVID hospitalizations, general hospitalizations. Remember, States like Arizona, Florida, Texas, Alabama, North Carolina, California, which is a blue state that had a lockdown, severe lockdown, long lockdown. has nothing to do with lockdown. These are states that had no people in the hospital for like six weeks. Literally, I mean, hence they were bankrupt, hence furloughing 30, 40% of employees in some systems. I mean, that's, that's a fact that's documented. In emergency room um, admissions down 50%. Obviously, OR's operations were down like 80%. So nobody was in the hospital at all. Hold that thought. Connected to that, we were barely testing anyone. We didn't have the capabilities to do universal testing. It wasn't rapid, not in the hospitals. I mean, certainly not outside. We weren't testing prisons. We weren't testing nursing homes. And even people that prima facie had COVID symptoms, like they, they just didn't have them. New York pretty early on was testing everyone, certainly in the hospitals. And, and we're going to see that's going to make a difference in terms of what you're seeing, right? So we had no sense of how many cases, how do you track a curve to know there's a spike if you don't know what was happening? Likely in March, April, and May, you had tons of cases, Tons of cases. We weren't discovering them because what you don't know can't hurt you because it wasn't severe in those states. So they didn't find a need to test like New York did. There weren't a lot of deaths. So whatever. We never knew how many cases there truly were. There were likely many more. We didn't see them. We didn't document them. They weren't in the hospitals. We didn't have the testing. We certainly didn't have the antibody testing to retroactively start counting cases of people that don't even currently have it, but had it before, but they're added into the count in some states as if they have it now to distort the trend. I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose. So I don't, most states aren't, and some are transparently breaking out PCR versus antibody tests, but that that is what's happening. So what's happening now is, so the, these states, so like if you're in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, for example, right? New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, 
So there, they had a tremendous amount of COVID patients. So the hospitals were, were they weren't overrun, but they were full just by account of that, even though, you know, everyone else was either scared away um, from coming to the hospitals or the, you know, they shut down procedures and a lot of medical care. So you still had a lot of people in the hospitals. You, so they were tested and they found them positive for COVID. So you had a tremendous amount of cases. So now that people are coming back for elective procedures for like chest pain, signs of a stroke, which unfortunately they weren't coming in with, now they're coming in, right? So you're not going to have more numbers in New York and New Jersey because, I mean, you're not going to beat what they were experiencing in March and April. Whereas precisely in states like Florida and Texas and Arizona that either did a good job or they just got lucky and didn't get a lot of cases, you're going to have more now because now you have not only all the people coming back to the hospital that weren't there before, just your natural flow, you have extra people because people have sicker ailments that weren't treated, that went untreated, and now they're coming to the hospital. What's the first thing they do when you walk into the hospital now? that they weren't doing before until fairly recently. Every organism that crosses those ER doors is tested for COVID. What do we know? We've been saying forever that, yes, COVID is much more widespread than the 1%, 0.8% of cases that you're seeing, you know, for like in a given county or state, like only 1% have it. No, it's more like 10 to 15 to 20% have antibodies in many places. And really more, if you would test them are positive and don't produce antibodies, it could be 30, 40% in some places. So you're going to have a tremendous amount of people, but they're almost all asymptomatic and it's even less deadly now. Either because, um, as we've said, the virus has already cut through the timber, it has already gotten the vulnerable people. Or qualitatively, the virus itself is producing less of a viral load and is less deadly as one doctor and the University of Pennsylvania Medical Care System has said. It's probably a mixture of both. So, la-di-da, you have cases. Of course you have cases. You have the ability to discover them. So that's why the cumulative numbers are counting those who are in the hospital for kidney stones. They're in the hospital for cancer, stroke, hypertension, chest pains, whatever they come into the hospital with. Trauma, a car accident. More people are back on the roads. You have more car accidents. Hospitals are up to their regular capacity. In other words, we had an era of normal, like normal hospitals, normal hospital flow without COVID. Then we had COVID chased away the, ho- the hospitalizations. So you had COVID without the hospitals and really without testing. Now you have normal hospital flow, probably more hospital flow, plus the ability, plus COVID is still around. No one denies that. Plus the ability to test, plus antibody tests. All of that's being thrown in there now. So that's the, the way you resolve the difference. Like, for example, you go into EDs, you look at the numbers COVID ED. Well, ED is a pretty leading indicator, right? That's emergency. That's more like not long-term, but but coming in now. You see a massive spike, a massive spike since late May, early June in the numbers. How do you reconcile that with their own chart on the other page that says there's barely any more? And the answer is very simple. Because the cumulative charts are the ones that are counting Anyone who is, they're not COVID patients. 
Now they become COVID patients, even if they're asymptomatic, because they test them. And guess what? They get an extra 20% reimbursement if they're on Medicare or Medicaid. So the hospitals have an incentive to test bomb. It's a joke. They're asymptomatic. The same thing we've seen with people with the deaths at the, at the fatality level, we're seeing at the hospitalization level. Dying of COVID and dying with COVID. Remember, they, George Floyd, you could say died of COVID, but of course he didn't. He died with COVID because we're testing now. It's the same thing we're seeing here with the hospitals. Are you hospitalized because of COVID? Or are you hospitalized and we just happen to discover you have an asymptomatic case? That's why we're not seeing almost everywhere. I'm going to get to one exception in a minute. We're not seeing deaths. Deaths are in the toilet. So cases are a joke. Cases are spiking because we're test bombing prisons. We're test bombing nursing homes in these states. And we're test bombing every organism that comes into a hospital. That's what we're seeing. Okay? And that's why, my friends, if you go to the hospital COVID-specific metrics, and then you go to any of them, COVID-19 ED, inpatient COVID-19, the cumulative numbers, in small print at the bottom of the Arizona dashboard, it says large decreases or increases may be due to differences in self-reporting. That's what, in other words, it's BS. In other words, it's just very volatile. The numbers don't really reflect a valid trend because it all has to do with testing. Whereas if you go to the hospitalization tab, okay, then you'll see it doesn't say that at the bottom because that's the real accurate reflection of people coming in. Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. My lungs are filling up. That's COVID. Very few of those cases. There's a lot of COVID cases, but they're asymptomatic. At best, very mildly symptomatic. The number that are coming in with potentially very dangerous COVID cases, very small. That's the truth of what's going on there. So, I mean, likely what we're seeing, I haven't done that much research on the other states, but other people have put out charts in Texas and it shows the same thing the difference between the daily admissions and the cumulative numbers, and it's really born out of the fact that people are just coming to the hospitals now. And again, you're going to see the largest contrast precisely in states that did that did good. And it doesn't just mean the ones that didn't have a severe lockdown. California had one, and it did, did good too, because it just didn't come there. There's different factors. There's nothing to do with the lockdown. You're not going to see this trend, so to speak, in New York and New Jersey and, and Connecticut because they had an insane peak at the peak level of the virus, of the epidemic. They had And they were testing and they were discovering it and people were dying. So the numbers are reflected in that. So even, even with the test bombing now, it's not going to overshoot the peak. Whereas in these states, it will actually overshoot the peak in terms of cases because we're now discovering them. But they're not deadly. That's what we're seeing. This is the truth. It's unbelievable. So paradoxically, it makes sense that there will be more people testing positive now than even during the peak 
because of the universal and rapid testing, in some places they're throwing in the um, the antibody testing, which literally is not even now. They don't have it, but they had it. They could have had it in December or January. It's the ultimate magic trick of the media. Frankly, I wonder how many of them even realize that they're so dumb. But remember, the same way we all understand now, dying of COVID, dying with COVID, watch the hospitalization numbers. Are you hospitalized because of COVID? Or did you have a kidney stone? Did you get into a car crash? And we tested you and they're like, oh, it's COVID. And you know what's funny? Basically, what happened was if you look at the known cases in most places, it was known cases was like 0.5% of a given county or state. And like, Daniel, look at all the deaths. Look at all the deaths. The, the fatality rate is really bad. This is the Spanish flu. And we we're like, dude, no. This thing is has spread longer than you think, earlier than you think. It's more widespread than you think. It's almost all asymptomatic. What you see above the water level that you could see is the tip of the iceberg, but it's the only deadly part of the iceberg. And this is the main enchilada. You know, it's, it's not nearly as deadly if you divide by the cases that truly exist. And that's what we've been saying all along. They're like, no, I, I'll never forget at that congressional hearing. The Johns Hopkins guy, guy who said it's not true. It's a few percent. It's a very small. There's not much more than what we see. That's what his point was. Now we're like, now they're like, hey, there's so many more cases. Well, yes, Sherlock. Now we're finally discovering what was there all along is that this is everywhere and there was no way you were ever going to stop the spread. But thankfully, with most people, it's really not serious. It's unbelievable, the hypocrisy. Unbelievable. But again, we're seeing this in Texas too. And um, that's what we have there. And also, folks... The biggest case is really Wisconsin. No one's talking about Wisconsin. Everyone's focused on the states where you, you know you have conservative governors like DeSantis or something. Oh, they didn't really want to do lockdown. They got out of it early. Brian Kemp in Georgia. Well, Wisconsin had lockdown. They had a Democrat governor. But guess what? In Wisconsin, on May 13th, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin threw out the entire lockdown. So they've been free for an entire month. More than Florida. More than Texas and Arizona. Do you know that on Tuesday, they did not have a single death in the entire state? I didn't check the other days, but they have no problem. That's my point. There's zero correlation. There are states and countries that had a severe lockdown and did horrible. Ones that did good. Ones that didn't and did good. Ones that didn't and did bad. That is not the active ingredient. Any intellectually honest person would, would, would note that. And then another thing, by the way, they were yelping on this about, you know, for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. On Thursday, yesterday, the number is actually reversed in most of these states. So even that trend of the accounting gimmick of the growing hospitalizations with COVID that they happened to test positive, even that, you know, it was a it was like a three, four day trend. And and yesterday it reversed. Now it could go back up today. I don't know by the time you hear this, but you know, 
even even a, tr- a downward trend, you do have a couple of days that goes up and down a little bit. So there was no proof yet that it was something big. Um, so that's the story. Then there is the insidious, the one big insidious factor. If you look, you are seeing ICU admissions for COVID. Okay. Now, a, a large percentage of them are l- like what we're talking about. You're in an ICU for 50 million other reasons. They test you. You're positive for COVID. I mean, the same thing as a non-ICU admission. It's you know redundant manifestation. But you are seeing a lot of, and, and I missed this, but I just discovered it this week. Local media and the Washington Post, to, for, to give it credit, May 28th, at that last week in May, they were reporting that there was a surge in the border counties in California, Arizona, and Texas of sick people. They had COVID. They were, they were sick with COVID. They had issues with COVID. Symptomatic, very symptomatic. And they were coming specifically to get hospitalized in America to get treated because it's crappy treatment there in Mexico, of course. So these things were contracted in Mexico, which is later on in the curve than we are. Or earlier on, it hasn't ended or it hasn't waned as much there. So now we're being responsible. Now, again, the trends that I'm seeing, it doesn't seem to be happening today, June 12th. This is more, it seems to be end of May into early June is really when this was happening. And that makes sense. That's why you saw the cumulative surge because they've been in the hospital for a week or two and pursuant to the peak um, two, three, four weeks ago from Mexico. But that's why it's not reflected in the new admissions the last five days or so, which are actually way, way down. Because even the Mexico trend could be ending now. We'll see in the next few days. So folks, remember that border shutoff. One of the many promises of Trump. So guess what? So now, to be clear, most of at least what we're seeing are not illegal aliens. It could very well be that they're still getting over quietly and then getting hospitalized. That could be, and I'm sure there's a little bit of that. But it's mainly happening at ports of entry. They're green card holders or they're citizens. They're dual citizens. Whatever happened to locking down the border? The entire purpose of locking down the border. The entire purpose of locking down you and me. Forget about crossing a border. Crossing in in certain counties. You couldn't travel more than five miles outside your home. Travel ban outside your home. Civil rights, the Bill of Rights gets thrown out the window. In order to accommodate, oh, the public health crisis stopped the spread. And specifically, the most important thing was what? Not to flood and overrun the hospitals. But somehow, foreign nationals have an unalienable right to cross our border and literally flood our hospitals. You read, it's open source, the articles. Washington Post, New York Times, did an article on this four or five days ago. Local media had this, like, May 22nd. They use the word flooding and overrunning hospitals. Some border hospitals, yes, are being overrun. It's mainly a lag effect. We're now like reporting on it. This was mainly happening over, you know, a few weeks ago. Yes, there was a spike. And it wasn't just with COVID. It was because of COVID. It was serious COVID cases. And they were coming from Mexico. So these bastards in the media want to use their policy of open borders (laughs) 
of not locking down the one thing that it helps to lock down to stop the spread, which is international travel. They want to use the numbers and the hospitalizations from those as a pretext to push locking down Americans in their home within our country. How sick is that? So I'm told by my buddies in Border Patrol that OFO, this is not Border Patrol because at the ports of entry, it's what we call the, the blue shirts, not the green shirts. They're OFO, Office of Field um, Operations. That, you know, there, there's a lot of corruption and the administration is not clamping down on the, on the directors of each port that they are waving these people through. They, they were not supposed to be let through. The whole point was you test them. If you, like, even if you don't have COVID, if you don't have a real essential purpose to coming to America, we turn you away. They're coming with COVID to come to the hospitals and we wave them through. Oh, Daniel, but they're not illegals. They're, they're dual citizens and green card holders. I don't care. Generally speaking, you have a right to come in. If you're an American, we'll let you in. But the same way we suspended that for a health crisis with Americans in America. You don't have the right to go to church. You don't have the right to open your business. You don't have the right to move freely. You don't have bodily integrity. You have to wear a mask. You don't have a right to, meaning you have a right to be here, but we have the right to close our border. So if you're a citizen, we could say, hey, buddy, in or out. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. You can't come back and forth. But that's what it is. Now, I understand there's a lot of dual citizens. They travel back and forth. They work back and forth. But they're contracting it in Mexico. We have the right to close the border. Trump promised that. That is not being done. They are being waved in with COVID and flooding our hospitals. From the Washington Post, May 28th. As Mexico's healthcare system has strained under the coronavirus, small community hospitals in Southern California, some of the poorest in the state, have been flooded with Americans who have fallen ill and crossed the border. They are retirees and dual citizens, Americans working in Mexico or visiting family there. Again, that's lovely. But if you're going to be an idiot and go to Mexico during a time of COVID and pick it up there, we should not, I mean, you should not, the border's closed, I'm sorry. It doesn't make any sense. There's a greater right for Americans in America to go to church and to open a business and to move freely than there is for anyone, including even an American citizen, to cross our border. According to the Post, quote, approximately half of the coronavirus patients in several California border hospitals, including El Centro Regional Medical Center, are recent arrivals from Mexico. Folks, I mean, this is the Washington Post. It's not some right-wing blog. Yet the same media then turns around and doesn't connect the dots and like, hey, there's a spike in California and Arizona. Hey, Sherlock. And again, it's not really this week. It was from a few weeks ago, which which is why you see the cumulative numbers. That's why I wanted to build the case slowly for you. If you have to listen to the show again, I'm sorry, I'm just speaking quickly because my wife has to take the baby to the the doctor and um you know for one of these checkups and of course you can't take any of the kids so I got to run to watch them step out of my office here but I want to read to you this is from KHN Kaiser Health News June 5th okay even as most California hospitals have avoided an incapacitating surge in coronavirus patients some facilities near the Mexican border have been overwhelmed they include El Centro Regional Medical Center in Imperial County and Scripps Mercy Hospital Chula Vista in San Diego County, which linked the spike in COVID-19 patients to their communities' cross-border lifestyle. 
Some U.S. citizens and legal residents who live in Mexico are crossing the border from Tijuana and Mexicali into the U.S. for treatment. Dr. Juan Tovar, an emergency physician and chief operations executive for Scripps Mercy Hospital Chula Vista, said 48% of COVID-positive patients who visited the ER between, look at this, May 24th and May 30th said they had recently traveled to Mexico. The figure jumped to 60% between May 31st and June 2nd. <laughs> and, and I'm seeing the same thing in Yuma, Arizona. So again, that's how you have a spike in cumulative because they're still there from the, the spike two to three weeks ago, even a week and a half ago. I'm not, it's not clear to me what those numbers look like today. At least in Arizona, you would think it's got to be the Mexican spike has to be over with. But we'll see. But you're seeing this everywhere. Imperial County, California, has an insane surge. It has more cases per capita. L.A. County, until now, was the big you know place in California. Imperial has the most cases per capita. Oh, there's a spike. I think we need a more of a lockdown. Dude, it's the Mexico. Come on. And and you're seeing this in Texas too. The Rio Grande Valley is actually there are there is a little bit of a spike in deaths. So that is real. It's not just, you know, discovering more cases, yada yada, you know, from um whatever from uh asymptomatic that are really in the hospital for something something else. That's mainly what's going on across the board, but in some border counties there are deaths. Guess what? They're in the RGV, which is Mexico North. Arturo Rodriguez, um, he's the Brownsville Public Health Director. Quote, in other words, you have three rates. Listen to this. You have three rates. The U.S., Mexico, and your border rate. Isn't that a powerful quote? It's a border rate. It's a totally different animal. What a bunch of malarkey in the media. Anyway, folks, I got to run. I had so much more. This was just one topic, but it took me the whole show. But I'm glad we we spent time on this. I want you to understand, this is the depth of perfidy, obfuscation, misuse of data that the media does. I want you to just have a glimpse into what they do on every issue. So when you see stuff like that kind of like seems to portend the veracity or prove the veracity of their cause just understand there's always more to the story folks have a terrific weekend let's again stay empowered stay knowledgeable stay safe and stay armed 